Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, today we're talking relationships and sex and delving into open relationships, polyamory and communicating your desires with our special guest, Sindra Banks. Hey, Sindra. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, I love that you are in the studio here with me. And also because of the COVID, we don't have to Zoom anymore. I know. It's so good, isn't it? It's like, oh, real people. Do you know what? It's my favorite thing to have people live with me in the studio and had to do a fair bit of Zoom podcast recording during the whole lockdown and you know that's all well and good but I go there's nothing like actually sitting with someone face to face yes it's it's the connection yeah human connection so I'm really grateful that you've come in today to share some of your story and and about what you do and how you work with people and with women because you know as I say all the time we're all trying to navigate this crazy journey as best we can and we actually all do life very differently Mm-hmm. Yeah, from, you know, based on our backgrounds, where we've come from, our beliefs, our values, we're all so different. So, sisters, if you're listening, I'll tell you a little bit about Sindra. So, Sindra is a coach, she's a writer, she's a podcaster, and I love this, she's also a lover. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sindra has a relationship coaching business with her husband, Luke, called Conscious Couples, where they help people to show up as their fully expressed and have better and more connected sex with their partners. That sounds amazing. Who wouldn't want that? Exactly. Who wouldn't want that? Why would you not (laughs) want to have better, more connected sex with your partner? I love it. Yeah. And Sindra also works with women to help them learn to better develop a relationship with themselves, a positive relationship with themselves and others so that they can live their happiest, healthiest and brightest lives. I love that. Yeah. I, uh... Basically, just help people be the best, most connected version of themselves and be able to open to more pleasure in their lives. And mm. who doesn't want more pleasure? But in saying that, I say that, why would you not want pleasure or more pleasure? Mm. But, but there would be some people who that is maybe not a thing for them based, you know, maybe based on religious beliefs or how they've been brought up or values or traumatic experiences. Do you find that that's a thing for people who come to see you? Yeah, I think there's a yearning for pleasure, for more pleasure in a lot of people and more intimate connection. And that can be often hard to identify and hard to open up to if you do have that conditioning that you're talking about there. It's really hard, especially for women who I work with mostly, to be able to open up and work through the shame and guilt around that kind of stuff. Like that's most of the battle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because some of us, even inadvertently, have through, you know, things that may have happened in teenage years or in their lives, may have developed a belief that sex is associated with shame. Mm, Absolutely. Our our education doesn't do anything for us in that respect. And then if you had a family that was also quite close around those kind of things, then most people do have some kind of stuff around sex and pleasure and intimacy because of the sex education in inverted commas in like in Australia at least is terrible yeah (laughs) yeah and it's one of our big goals to get in and try and change that because if we had better education around even consent and pleasure and self-pleasure and you know what can happen during during intimacy and the different types of intimacy like I feel like we'd all have 
such a different experience of sex and pleasure. Mm. Which, you know, it's funny. I suppose when I was a teenage girl and lost my virginity, you know what? Pleasure wasn't even considered. You just kind of it was like, I'm getting it on with a boy. And it was all about his pleasure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about mine. I didn't really discover that until I was probably oh, 18 or 19. And I was because I was reading the Cosmo Sealed section. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. About orgasms. <laughs> and I learned a lot from the Cosmo Sealed section, but it also made me experiment with my then boyfriend. I'm like going, oh, it says that this is how you do all this stuff. Mm. I'm going to try that. Mm. Yeah. But, um, and I guess you, you're not taught that in school. No. Actual pleasure. And I don't even remember being taught that women's orgasm was even a thing. Like, you know, you hear, like, you have to have the condom, put the banana on the condom. And <laughs> wow, it's so educational. Thank Just you. Just so don't, yeah, don't get pregnant. Yeah. Don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. Like, nowhere in, in that was, oh, and this is what happens when you have an orgasm. And, you know, your pleasure is as important as your partner's pleasure and you know women take longer to become aroused and they may take longer to orgasm maybe harder for them and even like it's okay to stimulate your clitoris when you're having sex with someone that kind of stuff no one tells you that and so you're kind of like oh is this really what sex is yeah totally do you know what and um it's funny i remember when um i was going through the um puberty Yes, what's happening to me? That's right, mum and my mum sat down, and read the book with me. What's happening mm-hmm. to me? Mm-hmm. And it's inter and and, and and it was kind of embarrassing having like a parent sit down and go through all of that. But you needed to do it because you need to learn about periods. So one day you don't just wake up and go, "Oh my god, what's I'm dying like in the songbirds." <laughs> <laughs> but I remember years later, I found the book in the bookshop and I started flicking through it, and there was this page on masturbation. And I was like, "Mum never read me that page." <laughs> I was like, oh, I think she skipped over that page. Skip that one, <laughs> folded that up and put that back in yeah. the bookshelf. I don't know what, which book I had, but I had a book where it was like a, a rather large gentleman and a rather large lady and they were kind of like in bed and yes. then they had a bath and there was like love hearts coming out of the bath. It was like, and then they made a baby. And there was oh, like, that was where did I come from? Yes, that one. Yeah. And, and that, I mean great that's helpful where the babies come from but other than that it's like oh I can actually like make the love hearts and not make a baby you know like that's actually okay too and yeah it's just it was so very black and white yeah absolutely let's get soulful on social media search the sister code facebook page and follow us on instagram so my friend i'm just going to jump straight into this what is a polyamorous relationship <laughs> what does that mean what does that look like uh so poly polyamory basically means you know, multiple loves uh so a polyamorous relationship there's so many different types and I won't get into that because you'll be like what Uh, (laughs) there's so many different ways that you can do polyamory so many different types of polyamory basically it's having a relationship with more than one person at the same time it's consensual everyone knows knows about it it's agreed upon and yes that's a very basic yeah definition and so that's something that you talk about publicly is that you are or have been in polyamorous relationships. So when did you first start exploring that? Only and I and I go, I think this is great to talk about it because there'll be other people out there who may be curious or they may be interested in in having a polyamorous relationship themselves. Yeah. So like how did how did you first delve into that? Yes, it's really important to talk about even if you aren't interested, I think it's great knowing there's another way to do relate relating. So yeah. My husband, Luke, and I started our relationship as an open relationship. We weren't poly at that point. However, we had a desire to 
connect with other people and I'm queer. So I had previously been married to a woman. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to kind of close down that side of my sexuality. Yeah. So an open relationship was kind of the way to navigate that. This is my first open relationship. And it was also the same for Luke. So we yeah started it right off the bat after a couple of weeks of seeing each other and we were really enjoying that, you know, being able to play with other, other people and then also having us as that kind of foundational relationship. And then this year I started dating a woman earlier in the year. And at the very start, it was funny because we had, you know, a chat about Polly and Luke's like, oh, nah, not for me. And I was like, yeah, it's not for me right now. However, I'm not saying it's never going to be a thing for me because I feel like I can love more than one person. Yeah. However, I was always like, I don't have time. I don't have time. And then, you know, you find time for things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you always find time for the things you put first, my dad used to say. <laughs> exactly. You always find, you can always find time. So yeah, earlier in this year, I started uh, dating my girlfriend, Lou, and then around August I had a conversation with Luke after he asked me and asked me and asked me like so is this going to be a polyamorous relationship what's happening and then yeah so had the conversation with him and had the conversation with with Lou and kind of made it official and he laughs and he'll laugh when he listens to this because I was reading all these polyamory books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like getting myself educated around polyamory yeah. before I kind of came out as poly. So I, yeah, really wanted to do it right. And I wanted to to make sure that everyone was yeah okay and on board and we all understood how things worked. So, yeah. yeah. And, and that's interesting that you say that that everything was okay on on board. So is that like being like transparent and Mm. and, and honest and Yeah. 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 I think just being open to the fact that this is the first time that I've done this and this is the first time that Luke's done it and the first time that Lou's done it. So knowing that we're all kind of beginners at this and we might do things wrong. Like we might stuff things up and kind of having boundaries in place and all of that as well. It's, it's a lot. Like there's a lot to do. (laughs) Cause you would have to have some boundaries in place, I guess. So do Lou and Luke and you hang out the three of you or is it quite separate? We do hang out the three of us sometimes, which is really nice and they get along really great, which I love. Sometimes they'll go for a run together or things like that. So yes, often like, you know, occasionally like we'll hang out the three of us and then, but mostly it's separate in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you have boundaries, is that boundaries around spending time together or things that you would talk about or? Yeah, I think spending time together and it's important to kind of have rituals with, you know, each partner and that kind of is valued in their time. Boundaries around communication, you know, if I'm texting someone in like an intimate moment, you kind of have to communicate that or navigate around that. Yeah, boundaries around like navigating when you're spending time with a certain person. And also in that, my own boundaries of I still have to spend time on my own and honour that because I'm a person that needs like quite a lot of time on their own. Yeah. So having to kind of balance all that can be challenging. Yeah. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I would say I'm like the introverted extrovert. Like I can be full extra and then I also need time to kind of like go back and just 
be on my own. So yeah, yeah. I get that. Well, and mm. you know, it, especially if you do have you know that introverted element as well, then that's really important for you to have your own time for your own self nurturing. And um, yeah, absolutely. And it was it's so weird though. Now I'm like, oh, time on my own. Like both of my partners are busy. Oh, this is <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is amazing. But it's so important to cultivate that relationship with yourself. Yeah, yeah the most important thing. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to the sisterco.com. Do they ever get jealous of each other? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think people think open relating, you just don't get jealous and you do and that's human nature and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. Mm. It's just your ego having a bit of a moment yeah. and I think being able to navigate that jealousy is something that is really expansive. Learning to see jealousy is not this full negative thing it's like okay why am I feeling like this and being able to hold space for them at certain times to move through that and also myself you know with them and their other partners or people that they interact with as well that comes up for me so yeah I think it's yeah everyone asks that and it's it's just I find it interesting because there's jealousy everywhere in all kinds of relationships. So, Oh, absolutely there is. And I think that's probably why people ask because they'd be like, oh, I know I've been jealous of a friend or a colleague yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, it's, and, you know, I suppose we get told, you know, jealousy and competitiveness is like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's amazing because it's like a mirror. It shows you what's yeah. going on for you. And, you know, you yeah. can kind of take a look at that and be like, is this real? Do I actually feel jealousy? And there's something specifically in polyamory called compersion when you can be happy for your partners to have these other amazing experiences. Yeah. So I love that kind of terms. It's very polyamory specific, but I love that. It's like, wow, I can see my partner having an experience with someone else and be happy for them as well as kind of like a bit like oh that's oh that kind of hurts a little bit but also like I'm so happy for them and I want them to be happy and have all the experiences as well do you know it's interesting that I I mean there's always rumors and urban myths that go on about this around like swingers Mm. And I've heard of many a rumour of people around town who are not, you know, they're not friends of mine and I only know know it as rumour and gossip and it's like, oh, they're swingers and they have a swingers party and all this group of friends, they're all swingers. I don't know if it's true or not true. That's just, you know, town gossip. But I go, if it is actually the case and there's a lot of talk around it, I'm like, I think there's probably more people that are more curious around polyamory than we realise. Absolutely. Or that we want to admit Absolutely. And yeah, there's swingers parties, there's sex clubs, there's sex parties, you know, there's stuff around if you want to look at it. I just think no one really talks about it. And that's probably why I and we talk about it so much is because let's bring this stuff into the light. You know, let's show people that we went to or have been to a sex club in Sydney a couple of times and we did a podcast about it. And we released some posts about it and people were like, oh, wow, thank you so much for sharing this because now it gives me permission to own that part of myself. I'm really curious about it. I've got a few questions. Can I ask you? And I'm like, of course, like I'm happy to tell you whatever you want. And they can kind of 
experience that in the light rather than like in the dark and make it just like underground hidden and playing into that shame and guilt that we were speaking about earlier absolutely mm. do we have sex clubs in newcastle not to my knowledge i've never heard of, in the in the room ml i've never heard of one <laughs> there's um, definitely like kink kind of clubs and societies and there's like a definite swingers um society that i know of but not specifically a sex club per se yeah I'd be pretty interesting to, to have one, though. Or that could be your next business yes, venture. Yes, <laughs> You never know. Well, and it's funny, different TV shows and, and movies that I've watched, like Bridgerton. Mm. You watch Bridgerton mm. and, you know, there's the second eldest son. He discovers a sex club in a mate's house and all of a sudden he's in loving it you know i'm like i found that really interesting something that's perceived taboo or sex is seemed premarital sex is mm. deemed taboo and yet there's all these underground sex clubs and yeah things going on and yeah. it's cool like when you do go there it's just a normal place with normal people yeah <laughs> there's like a bar and it's a dance floor and it's, it's like a normal place with normal amazing humans yeah getting it on there to have sex Mm. there you go (laughs) love it thanks for listening to hey soul sister with mel histon what would help you on your crazy life journey email melissa at thesistercode.com so you said something earlier uh, like on your website it says that you're sexually fluid Mm -hmm. and you said something earlier that you were queer like okay this is my naive straight girl talking now okay what does that mean because i thought sexually fluid meant just kind of like you, you might be bisexual but so what does that mean queer versus like a bisexual i, I don't fully get that and that is my naive straight white girl oh talking. that's totally fine <laughs> i prefer to use the word sexually fluid because i am sexually fluid like i'm attracted to all people and open to being with all people and i don't really see gender as such yeah however queer most people can kind of understand what that means yeah so okay. sometimes i just find it easier to say yeah I'm queer okay. and that kind of covers a broad spectrum of being everything yeah okay yeah, yeah. okay yeah. oh that's good thanks because i didn't i didn't <laughs> i hadn't thought about it but when you said that i was like oh just clarify what that means. yes yes that's just i feel like everyone knows queer that's kind of just a, a nice overall yeah but sexually fluid i just haven't loved having to identify as a certain thing all the time so yeah. sexually fluid just kind of sounds yeah i don't know really expansive for me yeah it does actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sandra, do you have any tips or like when you're coaching um, people or couples around their relationship or sex or pleasure, do you have any tips that you could share with us that maybe you might use for people that you coach around how to be more connected with, you know, sex and, and with your partner? Yeah, definitely. I will give you some conscious couples secret tips. Yeah, you've heard uh, it here first on <laughs> Hey Soul Sister. Actually, maybe not first because it's been about their podcast. <laughs> Number one is communication and everyone's like, oh, we know communication. However, we give all of our couples homework to have a relationship check-in meeting every couple of weeks, put it in the calendar. And this isn't like a logistics being like, who's taking the kids to school tomorrow? This is how is our relationship going? What are you loving? What could we improve on? What is something we can learn together this week? It's like having a dedicated time to check in. Like we have business check-in meetings. We have, you know, school meetings. We have all of these like meetings with our coach or our PT. 
yet we're just letting our relationship roll out however the hell it wants to roll out. Yeah. So having these meetings where you put your phone down and you just focus on each other and really connect, have a conversation, you know, like we can make our relationships whatever we want to make them. Do you know what's funny? I've been listening to a lot of YouTube clips with Dr. Jade Dispenza and it's interesting because he talks a lot in his videos around consciously creating your life Mm. And that really your life is the ultimate creation. So he's like, you know, you get up every morning and think about what you're going to do today, how you're going to create that, do a meditation around that. He's got all these wonderful tips, you know, and even around your thoughts and feelings, tuning into your body. I I just, I'm really into that right now. And it's funny because I suppose I am listening to his stuff because I know that I have a habit of literally just flying through life. Mm -hmm. Everything just arises spontaneously. And I've always been like, oh, but do you know what? If I listen to my guide and the universe guides me, me, then I'll go with that and I do do that a lot but it's interesting so it's interesting for me to listen to to Dr. Joe talking about that about living consciously and consciously creating your life and that's exactly what I was thinking about when you were saying that you're talking about with couples it's like it's very easy just to bounce around just to cruise on through life just to float on through it and with your relationship but I think that's why sometimes you get to a point people get to a point and they go oh how the hell did we end up here this isn't what we, we thought or planned. It's because they haven't consciously created that. But that's what you're talking about. Yeah, relationship by design. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And you can. Yeah. You can make the relationship whatever you want. You know, like I'm married and Polly and, you know, all these other things as well. You can make it what, what you need, what you want, what you yeah. desire. And I guess even just kind of like on a basic level it's like okay well consciously taking time out with your partner to be together like you were saying consciously think about communicating thoughts and feelings and desires that sort of thing it's like do it consciously rather than just like bouncing around and Mm. you know then yeah 10 years down the track you go how the bloody hell did we end up here (laughs) yeah and it's so it's so easy you know the house the kids the jobs the chores the things so that the once a month date night and it kind of just gets to a point and you're like what are we doing you know so having these little checkpoints is like cool let's kind of see where we're at how did our date night go yeah not so great let's plan let's plan one let's do something really exciting let's make it something really great that we don't normally do so kind of getting out of our normal normal life let's challenge ourselves let's you know so often we set personal goals and business goals we don't actually set like relationship goals absolutely yeah there's so much scope to do so much with your relationship yeah yet we're often just kind of take them for granted which is really important because for some people you're with that person for 10 20 50 years of your life yeah it makes sense to actually consciously think about how you want that to be and that it you kind of stay on course for that, for that vision of what, what you guys want for yourself as a couple. Yeah, and practicing that honest, transparent communication as well so that, you know, if conflict does arise, you have this this communication where you can move through the conflict with honesty and transparency and compassion because you're having all these check-ins where yeah. you are showing up consciously and honestly. And often then you can bring these edges to these check-in meetings so that, conflict maybe doesn't arise as often you can navigate it you can talk about it before it becomes this massive big like explosion of conflict which is something that really blocks intimacy as well so 
Yeah. Yeah. So you also coach women personally to help them live their best, happiest, most authentic life. Are there any common themes of the of women who come to you? Any common themes or reasons that they come to reach out for help? Absolutely. Uh, the main one is that they have a disconnection between their physical body and their mind, which is not funny, but like that's kind of my personal story as well. So I have a lot of women that kind of resonate with that. Yeah. So they're having a lot of negative thoughts about themselves and their lives and their bodies and everything. And they're ready to move forward from that. And they're ready to actually reclaim their life and reclaim their body. Uh, So that's pretty much predominantly the clients that I work with. Mm -hmm. People that are really experiencing a lot of that negative chatter and it's starting to impact their lives and they're like, nah, it's time to move forward without that negative stuff ruling my world. Yeah. And so how do you support those women? What kind of tips and tools and things do you share that you can share with us? Secret tip too. The main thing that I teach is embodiment work. So dropping into your physical body and reconnecting like mind and body And the best way that I know to do that is movement. So like not so much gym. I I love the gym uh, and running and things like that. I mean like intuitive movement. So like putting on a song, closing your eyes and just like letting your body move to the music and being present to the breath, almost like a, a moving meditation. Yeah. And there's a lot of beautiful, simple practices you can do to come back into your body, like full body shaking is one that I do with like most of my clients. Anything to really drop you in and allow you to be in the body and just keep coming back to that and bringing yourself in and bringing yourself in and bringing yourself out of that negative stuff in. So dancing all my clients get dancing homework <laughs> it's funny so my mindfulness guru charlotta Therap, who comes on hey soul sister regularly she talks all the time about coming into your body and she calls it my your dear body or my mm. dear body I love that. and she's like you know whatever's going on come into your body mm. and and feel feel the sensation in the body mm. and and use that to move through whatever's going on for you so it's interesting you say that and, and you give and it's the term embodiment yeah because if you are present in your physical body there is nothing else you know like if if you can keep coming back into the moment and land in your body and be be present there and be breathing there you're not up in your head like yeah. you're not stuck up in that negative chatter yeah so you know dropping into that heart space or dropping into the womb space or i talk like a lot about dropping into the yoni space as well your yoni is your vagina people yes. <laughs> your pussy yeah. um you know that's powerful like that's where all of our power is it's not in our heads mm. our minds just chit chat if we can live from you know this more embodied grounded space like oh it's a whole different existence you know your life just opens up so we live from just our head noise that things get a little bit messy so how did you get here how did you get wise <laughs> and how, like because i'm like something's gone on in your life yeah along the way for you to get to this point because I honestly believe that people who get on that path of soulfulness spirituality personal growth many of us it's because we've literally had absolute shit happen (laughs) and you've been in the corner of the room in the fetal position (laughs) and you make a choice it's like do you know what you either stay there in the fetal position, metaphorical fetal position, rocking back and forth, or you go, you have to find a way 
to rise above that. And it's around going on that soulful, spiritual self-growth journey. What, what led you on that? Absolutely agree with that. I struggled with an undiagnosed eating disorder for about 10 years uh, and kind of got to the point where I was just really depressed, like diagnosed with depression and anxiety. I was having panic attacks all the time and it just wasn't a life. Like I was doing things and I, I had things I wanted to do and I was just stuck. Yeah. You know, like 95% of my thoughts were negative. It was a real, and I talk about this a lot of being like cut off at the neck. I was so much in my head. I didn't even feel into my body at all. It was like I was numb. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely was in the fetal position many yeah. times, many days. And I, yeah, made the made the choice. And I just started doing, you know, Louise Hay affirmations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing that I knew how to do at the time. I remember when I was like 23, I was living in Broome in WA at the time and I was at a party and on like the whole room table was this book, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm. And it had all the pretty illustrations in it. And I remember picking up and reading it because the illustrations caught my eye. And I was like, oh my God, the concepts in it were like nothing I had ever mm. heard of before. So I actually went and found the book and bought it. And I was, remember reading it and it was like all these concepts that I just were to me so foreign. But it, that was like the very first thing that set me on this whole self-growth journey, which then totally catapulted when I got the breast cancer. <laughs> but it's interesting that Louise Hay, that you can heal your life, was, was the entry level um, yeah, yeah. into self-growth. It really was. And I remember at the time it was like, I don't know, I love myself completely or something like that. And I was like so far from that. I was like, so far from that. Yeah. However, I literally just kept repeating it over and over and over again. Yeah. Even if I was like crying, punching my pillow, you know, like throwing a book across the room because I was trying to study at the time. I was like, no, like I know this is not right. Yeah. Like I know that this is not the way that I'm meant to live. Yeah. So I was just like, I love myself. <sighs> I don't. No, keep saying it. I was just, I just kept saying it, and then that just led to yoga teacher training and doing what I felt was good, and you know, like yeah, and yeah. really starting to work through my food issues, which took a really long time and a lot of patience and yeah. a lot of lot of work, and getting a really good psychologist and all of that stuff, and it took time. And now I'm here and get to share it and get to help people. So I, it's so funny because at the time you think, why me? Yeah. You know, like, why me? Why me? Why am I in this situation? How did I get into this situation? And now I'm so, and this, this sounds so cliche because everyone says this, but I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. You know, that journey, like, because I teach people how to move out of that now. That is kind of my job. And I'm just beyond grateful that I get to give back in that way. And it wasn't wasted, yeah. you know, like I think, because yeah, I don't know, I thought, oh God, I've wasted like 10 years being yeah. an absolute <laughs> mess. But it's never wasted. But it's just part of your journey. And absolutely. Now, and now I look at the amazing things you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely part of the journey. And Which is great. Okay, that gives people hope as well that even when you are in the moment, when you're in the metaphorical fetal position or you're in despair or what have you, mm. you actually can get through that and you can go live an amazing life that you 
probably don't realize is there and you can have, but you totally can. Absolutely. And you just, I think the best thing that I learned from that experience is just do one thing. Yeah. And this is how I coach as well. Really tread lightly on the nervous system is just just do one thing. This is your one thing. That's all you need to do. Just focus on that one thing. My one thing was the affirmations and the mantras. Like that was my one thing. And then it was yoga and then it was meditation. And you kind of gently start to pile these things on top, but just do what the one thing. Well, thank you, beautiful woman, for coming in and sharing your story and your wisdoms with us on Hey Soul Sister. Very welcome. So how can people find you or connect with you? Best place is Instagram at Cindra Banks, C-I-N-D-R-A or at Conscious Couples Coaching and all of our links are in our bios there to find us. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your soulful story. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.